This is David Evans from Heart and Soul Radio Ministries Australia. Today we welcome you to join us for the next hour as we explore the wonder of the greatest sacrifice that has ever been made for our human family. Today we remember that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, laid down His life that we all may be reconciled to God and through Him become part of the God family. We'll start our program with the hymn, Praise the Holiest in the Heights, sung to us by the St. Michael Singers.
ever felt let down or even betrayed by your friends? It's a devastating feeling. It seems like the end of the world. You're so totally alone. Perhaps you even feel God's turned his back on you, that he's forgotten you. Even Jesus felt like that the day he hung there dying on a cross outside Jerusalem. Where was God on that Black Friday? But God didn't abandon his son there that day. He stood by Jesus and raised him to a new life again on Easter Day. Whenever you feel abandoned and betrayed, let down by those you trust and count on, remember this, God doesn't ever turn his back on you. No matter how others treat you, he's always there with you. And he offers you new hope and life through Jesus Christ. Were you there when they my Lord Were you there When they crucified My Lord Oh Sometimes It causes me to tremble, tremble. Were you there when they crucified my Lord? And were you there when they laid him? in the tomb Were you there when they laid his precious body in the tomb Oh Sometimes it causes me Crucified My Lord, that was Rust Haff. 
Sandy Paddy brings us the wonderful old hymn, The Old Rugged Cross. You're with Heart and Soul's special Good Friday program. Please add. 
Then Pilate therefore took Jesus and scourged him. And the soldiers took a crown of thorns and put it on his head, and they put on him a purple robe. They came up to him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews! Then they smote him with their hands. Pilate therefore went forth again and said to them, Behold, I bring him forth to you, that you may know that I find no fault in him. They led Christ to Calvary And he spoke not one word Just the cries of lost sinners Was all my Savior Then they pierced him so deep in his side until the blood came streaming down, and that's how Jesus purchased my salvation. Then Jesus came forth wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. And Pilate said unto them, Behold the man. When the chief priests therefore and officers saw him, they cried out, saying, Crucify him, crucify him. Pilate said unto them, Take him and crucify him, for I find no fault in him. Then they pierced him so deep in his side until the blood came streaming down and that's how Jesus purchased my salvation and I find no Tennessee Ernie Ford then with I Find No Fault in Him. You're listening to the special edition of Heart and Soul. In a moment we shall hear from one of the 12 voices of Easter. Let's hear from the Chester Cathedral Choir as they sing In the Cross of Christ I Glory.
Jerusalem is our capital, the major city in our land. It teems with people at any time of the year, but especially at festival time. Jews from everywhere converge on Jerusalem to observe the appointed feasts. Our city is filled with crowds, and it doesn't take much to turn a crowd into a mob. A throng is a crowd in love. A mob is a crowd in hate. I've been in a mob or two. I was part of a mob the weekend the Nazarene was crucified. I was there when the mob raised its voice in hate. The city was packed with Jews here to celebrate the Passover. I was in the street late on the night of the feast when I saw a group of the priests and members of the Sanhedrin making their way towards the Roman fortress of Antonio. They were past us in a cold rush. A number of people followed along, curious and excited. Something big was up. I fell in step, and from snatches of conversation, I soon learned there was to be an arrest and a trial. Someone was going to die. We stopped at the gate and waited while the priests went into the fortress. Some of the temple police were there. Torches and clubs appeared and were passed through the crowd. A crowd draws a crowd, you know, and soon there were scores of us, eager, energized, expectant. The priest banged out through the fortress gate with a contingent of soldiers and led us out of the city to the east. Our torches made little light in the heavy blackness. We were swallowed up in the cool rush of darkness and stumbling, hurried excitement. We came to a garden and found the one they wanted. I was disappointed. I thought with the soldiers and the mob, we might be there to surprise some outlaws. I was ready for a fight. But they were after one man who looked completely unremarkable. Evidently, he was a rabbi who had been praying there in the garden with his disciples. He came to us with a greeting of peace. The man next to me pointed and said, that was Jesus, the Nazarene. I recognized the name. He had caused some kind of trouble in the temple, and the religious leaders were determined to silence him. Jesus was bound and dragged from the garden back into the city to the palace of the high priest. Several of us got into the courtyard at Caiaphas's house. We grouped around the fires, trading guesses about what was happening to the prisoner inside. As the night grew old, I found a corner and sat watching the fire. I must have dozed. Suddenly I was awake. Noise and confusion, pushing and shoving, we were on our way. Passing through the narrow streets, bumped against stone walls, we were heading for the fortress gate. We stopped outside the governor's judgment hall and shouted for Pilate. The council had condemned Jesus for blasphemy. They wanted an execution. We had to make sure the governor would hand down a death sentence. Jesus stood before the governor, beaten and bloodied. The Pilate was being difficult. That ignited our rage. Pilate challenged us. I find no fault in this man. What do you want me to do with him? The chief priest led the chant, Crucify him! Crucify him! We picked it up quickly. Perhaps you have never been swept up in pure hatred. Rage has a mindless strength that no power can resist. I shouted with the others, Crucify him! Crucify him! Kill him! He deserves to die! All this for a man I did not even know. Pilate had the Roman soldiers scourge him. When Pilate stood in before us and showed us the result, we flew into a blind frenzy. I could see that Pilate was shaken. He was ours. He delivered Jesus to us to bear his cross out of the city to Golgotha. Crowds lined the streets, mocking and jeering. 
every hateful and spiteful emotion anyone had was spent on that man. He bled. He stumbled. He fell. Finally, the Roman centurion commanded a man coming in from the country to bear the cross for him. All the while, we cursed and railed against this Jesus. We finally made our way through the gate of the city and out to the place the Romans call Calvary, where common criminals were crucified, raised on a cross barely off the ground and left to die. The Roman soldiers nailed him in place and uprighted the cross, dropping it into a hole in the ground with a jolt. You could hear the Nazarene groan as the weight of his body pulled against the nails in his hands and feet. The mob spread across the hillside to watch. Most were men like myself, cursing the one on the cross. He had claimed to be a savior. We taunted him, calling him to come down from the cross and save himself. But there were women there too, beating their breasts and lamenting him. You could tell from the agony in their cries that some were his followers. But our jeers drowned out their voices. The Jewish religious leaders were there mocking him. The Roman soldiers ridiculed him. We wanted him to die. We relished his pain and suffering. A strange thing it is to watch a man die. A fascinating horror. There is no dignity on a cross hanging there in public view. The mob feeling drained from me, and I was just one man watching another man die. He was covered with blood and sweat. The other two whimpered and cursed and pleaded for mercy. But this man was different. He spoke from the cross, but not in anger nor in bitterness. He spoke in compassion to one of the thieves hanging next to him. He spoke to a woman I guessed to be his mother. There were words to a man with her. There were requests to the soldiers. And as he hung there near death, he spoke toward heaven. I heard him call on his father to forgive us, those assembled in the mob. But how could he pray for our forgiveness after what we had done to him? How could he answer our hatred with love? Yes, I was in that crowd, part of that angry mob. We raised our voices in hatred. But the one on the cross answered our hatred with love and forgiveness. I don't understand it. He did not live long enough to remember my voice. But as long as I live, I'll never forget his. That was from the 12 Voices of Easter. Now let's listen to Graham Kendrick with the song, Lead Me to the Cross of Jesus. You're listening to Heart and Soul. This is all I need. Ooh, 
Jesus has done for us through the cross. But now, in Him, we may approach a holy God with freedom and confidence. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. You're listening to Heart and Soul special program with David Evans. This is Heart and Soul, the music of the church throughout the ages. Here's Twyla Paris with a song called I Don't Know Why Jesus Loved Me.
The message of Good Friday is well and truly bound up in the beautiful John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus loves me.
It was right after Christmas in 2004. Damien Barrett was on a beach in Thailand when suddenly he saw the tide go out so quickly that the bay was drained dry. Moments later, the ocean came roaring back with the monster tsunami that claimed so many lives across South Asia. A massive wave swept Damien into the shopping area and then into a store which was rapidly filling with water. Ultimately, he was carried to the ceiling by that rising water and he was sure he was going to die there until the water actually pushed him through a gap in the roof. But any relief he felt didn't last long. Now he was being sucked out to sea, where he would certainly stand no chance. Then the tide slammed him into the trunk of a large tree, a massive tree that could withstand even the force of the tsunami tide. As vehicles, appliances and all kinds of debris swept past him, he hung onto that tree with everything that he had. That man lived to tell his story because of a tree that stood between him and certain death. For 2,000 years, a tree has been saving the lives of people who otherwise would have no chance. It has stood between them and the deadly tide of eternal judgment that awaits us on the other side of this life. For as Hebrews 9, 26-27, the word from the word of God today says, Man is destined to die once, and after that to face judgment. The verses immediately before and after the settling is about the tree that offers the hope of life. One says of Jesus, He has appeared to do away with sin by the sacrifice of Himself. Our sin is the tide that is sweeping us inexorably toward the judgment of a holy God. He made us to live for Him. We've lived for ourselves instead. Everything else He made obeys Him except us. We are the rebels of the universe. Our rebellion carries an awful death penalty that so imagine the power of those words, He appeared to do away with sin. How? By the sacrifice of Himself. That's the tree. It's that horrific cross where Jesus poured out His blood and His life to take the judgment you and I deserve. The judgment for your sin and mine fell on Jesus at the cross. That tree is what stands between you and me and the penalty of our sin, no matter how good or religious we are because no amount of our good can satisfy a holy God or pay a death penalty. All our spiritual efforts are no match for the size of that wave of God's judgment. So our only hope is clinging to the tree where God's judgment fell on His Son, or more importantly, to cling to the one who died on that tree, which means abandoning all other hopes, our pride, our religion, our self-reliance, and realizing we are as desperate and helpless as a man being swept out to sea and then clinging to the one whose death on that tree for us is literally our only hope, your only hope. Have you ever told him that? Have you ever said, Jesus, I'm lost without you? I have no hope without you, but I'm ready to turn from my sin and hold on to you with all the faith that I've got. If you've never done that, you're still facing the judgment for your sin. If you'll do it today, your sin will be forgiven and heaven will be your assured gain. Why not turn over your life to Jesus right now? You can begin this life-saving relationship with Jesus just in a word or two. You can speak to the Lord right now and you can say, Lord, I know that when you died on the cross, you died for me. You died for my sins. And I acknowledge that today. And I ask you, Father, to allow me to accept the Lord Jesus as my Savior. I want Him to be my Lord. And I know that He will be my tree. He will be the saving tree, the one that stands between me and eternal death. An old hymn puts it this way, Nothing in my hand I bring, 
simply to your cross I cling. I pray that that will be you today. I really want to worship you, my Lord. You have won my heart and I am yours. Forever and ever, I will love you. You are the only one who died for me, gave your life to set me free. So I lift my voice to you in adoration. You laid aside your majesty. Gave up everything for me Suffered at the hands Of those you had created You took all my guilt and shame When you died and rose again Now today you reign In heaven and earth exalted I really want to worship you, my Lord you have won my heart and I am yours Forever and ever I will love you You are the only one who died for me Gave your life to set me free So I lift my voice to you In adoration I really want to worship you, my Lord Upon my heart and I am yours Forever and ever I will love you You are the only one who died for me Gave your life to set me free So I lift my voice to you In adoration I really want to worship you, my Lord you have won my heart and I am yours forever and ever. I will love you. You are the only one who died for me, gave your life to Wes Davis and George Hamilton IV then with You Laid Aside Your Majesty. We'll be back in a moment with our final part for today on Heart and Soul and we'll be playing that great hymn that describes the events of Easter and also one that is sung very often at the communion service when I survey the wondrous cross. You're with Heart and Soul with David Evans on this occasion. Isaac Watts penned a famous hymn known as When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. It was reputed that Charles Wesley said that he would give up all his other hymns if he could have written this one. It is a famous hymn, and it's a wonderful hymn, and we present it to you now, sung to us by the Billy Graham Scotland Crusade Choir. This was recorded in 1991.
Seaford College Chapel Choir presented to us then, There is a Green Hill Far Away. And before that, we heard the beautiful chorus, Oh How He Loves You and Me. As our final offering today on our special, we're going to hear the ministry of the Don Marsh Orchestra and the Brentwood Singers as they bring us the beautiful song by Andre Crouch, My Tribute, or as we know it, To God Be the Glory. Things you have done. 
that's about all that we have for you on Heart and Soul today. Thanks for joining us. If you wish to contact us, our email is heartandsoulmusic at bigpond.com. That's heartandsoulmusic at bigpond.com. Thank you for being with us today. We've enjoyed bringing you the music of the church throughout the ages. May God richly bless you, and we look forward to getting together next time. Thank you.